What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome back, Jim, Dave, Super Dave, and our very special guest, Joanne Leonard. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back, everyone. Top of the day your way. Good morning. Pretty cool stat. We actually picked up uh, two listens out of Romania this week. Wow. We are worldwide. Worldwide. <laughs> Some feedback on the podcast. We had Russ Murphy. I remember we were talking about the landing legs. Russ suggested we use cotter pins for the landing legs and says they won't come out. Why are we using things other than cotter pins? You have to fold the ends of the cotter pins over, so right. somebody's going to have to have a tool to get them out. Right. But we all know how little we unhook and hook jam, so hopefully that would be okay. You know, in some instances. Marco sent a pretty nice text message to Brother Dave. Marco Rodriguez used to work here back in 2018. Dave, do you have that text message? Would you like to share that? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I need to pull it up. <laughs> I just thought it was awesome. I, I do have that text ready. You know, I don't know who all was here back in uh, 2018 there, but uh, Marco Rodriguez used to work for us and uh, moved on to you know, what, what he thought was bigger, better things and, uh, you know, try and have a little growth period for himself in his life and stuff. And he, uh, reached out. We had a conversation yesterday and, uh, on text and basically he just, I'll just read the text to you guys or to everyone here. He says, this is Marco. I used to drive for you guys in 2018. And I just wanted to say, I listened to your podcast. I always look forward to what you have to say. And I'll never forget the last day at JFW. You made a point to reach out to me and wish me the best and told me that I always had a home at JFW if I ever needed a job. You said something that struck a chord in me about enjoying the moment through the journey because what fun would it be if you get to the end game and say, now, what do I relate to because of the last couple years, it's been so much hard work. Well, with that hard work, he bought his first house. He started a trucking company with his fair share of blood, sweat, and tears. He said it's been since about November that he taught himself to enjoy the moment because it could always be worse is what he said. So it was just kind of a cool comment. We reached out. There was a, a little more chat between the two of us. But, you know, that kind of makes me feel good that we're touching people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I mentioned to him in our chat back and forth is I said, I told him I was speechless. And I said, thanks for the kind words. I said, we're all human beings. That kindness goes a long way with people. And he said, absolutely. When given the choice between being right and being kind, be kind. He said, told us to keep up the great work. And he said he sees our trucks all the time. He lives out east in Wiggins with his wife. And she always says, there goes another JFW truck, always shiny, being safe, still hands down one of the best places he ever got to work at. So anyway, shout out, Marco. I got your text, man. Thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for looking out for us. And we appreciate it. And you're welcome back anytime, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I just love when we hear from former drivers that listen to the podcast and Typically, these guys are the good guys. You know what I mean? They, right. they left to improve their lives or yeah. whatever their dream was, but they left on good terms and they, they're still part of the family. So I think that's always pretty cool. Absolutely. And not so great news. Did you guys hear about the kidnapping at school yesterday? Can <laughs> roll right, roll no. right to the jokes. <laughs> Joanne, no, did, I didn't, Jam. Tell us, please. Don't worry. He woke up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
That's, that's deep. Good. <laughs> you, you might have a challenge. Uh, that's some funny shit. I'm going uh, to throw another one out there. You know, my mom, she listens. and Wait a minute. Is this two for Tuesday? This is two for Tuesday. <laughs> it's two for Wednesday. I thought it was one Wednesday. It's only because it's my mom, and we have a mom on the podcast today. So nice. I want to okay. let my mom have her dad joke moment perfect and my mom's pretty square so to hear this come from her i was just like wow mom but she's like do you know what fish used to get high <laughs> no it's a seaweed <laughs> that's a good one uh, way to go is. mom <laughs> all right since we're on moms joanne what kind of dad joke did you bring to the table today okay how do you make lady gaga mad Oh, I think I saw this one, but I'm not going to take your moment. Poker face. Oh, (laughs) I like that. All All right, right, Joanne, pretty good. Well, that'll lead me into mine. You know how we watch or we talk about watching the series Yellowstone and Ozark and, you know, Super Dave, you brought up that The Sound of Music was one of your, you know, your favorite shows or movies there and stuff. And we all know who Dwayne Johnson is, right? Mm -hmm. The Rock. The Rock, right? And his movie and stuff. Do you know what happens when you touch his butt? Oh, my God. <laughs> you hit rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I feel like he's in a little bit of hot water right now, like something's going on maybe with him and Joe Rogan or I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I, had, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. So, by the way, thanks, Jen. That was her dad joke. That she, is pretty good. That was yeah. a good one. That's I like nice. that one. That's nice. I got one here from Kurt's son that it, he sent me last night, and I just I couldn't pass it up, so... Do you guys know why the motorcycle didn't want to move? Why? It was too tired. <laughs> too tired. <laughs> Don't. Man, I have to say, Dave, pressure is on. It is. It is. I, I am not going to rise to the occasion today. But, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, my dad got fired from his job as a road worker for theft. I didn't want to believe it. And then when I got home, the signs were all over the place. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Dang, man. We still didn't go. Super Dave is a beast. The beast of the dad Man, jokes. we're throwing out multiple jokes and can't compete. <laughs> right? Uh, I'm going to have to bring three next week. <laughs> new drivers, we got Tyler Martinez. He started on February 7th. Very good first impression from Tyler. Yeah, welcome aboard, Tyler. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I remember meeting you there Monday, and uh, we joked about being a uh, Cowboys fan, and I said, well, that's <laughs> that's better than Super Dave and I. We're stuck with the Broncos right now, <laughs> so hope, hope, hoping to get better. Yeah, oh, come on, Dave. That's what I was going to say. New coach, possible new owners. We, it's, we can it's only go up. up right? That's it's right. Only, it's only <laughs> uphill right. from here. Welcome, Tyler. Glad to have you, buddy. And uh, moving on to celebrations. Super Dave turned 50 on February 6th. 50. Happy birthday, Super Dave. (laughs) Thanks, Jim. Appreciate that. (laughs) Happy birthday, Super Dave, and celebrated your wife Jackie's birthday. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, happy birthday. Got very lucky. My wife's birthday is only two days away from mine, so I will never, ever, ever forget her birthday. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to do it when you're Uh looking for a a spouse or a significant (laughs) other, right? Right. When's your birthday? (laughs) Uh, Did we send something to Jackie? Have we started doing that yet? No. Nope. Nope. She'll have to wait till next year, Super Dave. <laughs> <laughs> John Borquez and Stingray, they both share a birthday on uh, Thursday, February 10th. That's coming up tomorrow. 
And Mikey Peterson's coming up uh, Saturday, 212. Happy birthday, guys. Woo! Happy, happy birthday, birthday, everybody. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, you guys. And then anniversaries. We got Madoff's anniversary this Friday, February 11th. I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure Matt is a three-year guy. Nice. That? That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome, Matt. Yeah, thank you, Matt, for all your dedication, buddy. When Matt leaves work, he has to drive all the way back to Castle Rock every day. So, I mean, he's been doing that for three years. There was a time we wouldn't hire people from Castle Rock because we thought it was too far, and Matt proves it could be done if you want to do it. You know, Matt, one of Matt's hobbies, we've talked to him, I've talked to him about it. He has a, I'll probably say it wrong, either a paraplane or a paraglider. It's on his uh, picture there in bamboo. And uh, I think he needs to get that thing fired up. I bet that'd make the commute a lot faster at the end of the day. Not necessarily the morning, because it probably, probably comes to work pretty fast. But going home, that could be a bit of a travel. And that'd be kind of cool, hop on the old paraplane and fly home, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think that would be a summertime form of transportation. <laughs> yeah, sounds a little cold. Yeah, you're yeah. telling me this time of year is going to be a little chilly up there? <laughs> Something will freeze. and Who knows what could yeah, go wrong? Something will freeze. Right. Everything's pissed off and angry in that, in that cold weather. So, And then let's see, shout-outs. I know, uh, Jim, you started touching on it, but uh, Dwayne Sand did give shout-out to Rick Gray. For helping an over-the-road driver chain up. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, especially with Rick's knowledge, I mean, to be able to help like that and and, and teach. You right. know, that's how important is that or how special is that? I don't know if he would help me do it, but I'm glad he helped the over-the-road guy do it. <laughs> I, I think Rick might stand behind me and laugh a little bit if I was trying to do it, but that's just me and Rick. Uh, yeah, and I, I also don't know if all you guys know it. Hopefully I don't get in trouble here for announcing it, but... Rick sent me word this week he's officially going to be a grandpa. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Congrats, Rick. Good stuff. Dwayne also has a friend that works for Douglas County. He's the loader operator at 3030. He said, I will say everyone that has delivered has been very respectful and nice. So your company has one up on all the other trucking companies out there. I love hearing that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the bummer, the downside to that jam is... It only takes one. Yeah. Right. right. It takes one person in a red truck not being kind or being a jerk or whatever that, you know, then we all have to work twice as hard to compensate for that. So always something to keep in mind. Always have to be on your A game. Yeah, I guess we're only as good as our last delivery. You know what I mean? Right. If you look at it that from a load operator's point of view, yeah. you know, their bosses may like us for other reasons, but the load operator, I mean, we're great until until we're not, so let's stay great. Yeah, and, and who do you have to count on? Same as the pit at the pit, same at your deliveries as that loader guy that, you know, or the right. guy helping you, point you, pointing you in the right direction, and he's the guy you need to really respect along with everybody else. Yep. Mason wants to give a shout-out to Tracy Holloway. If you don't know who Mason is, he's one of the night mechanics. He gives a shout-out to Tracy Holloway for discovering an air inflation system being off. So nice job, Tracy. Tracy's a part-time Coors guy that we got working here, and uh, he's been doing a really good job. Tracy, actually, a shout-out to Tracy. He called me the other day because he listened to the podcast, and he heard about the Samsara, Samsara uh, safety ratings, and he wanted to know what his rating was. I'm like, well, you're not assigned a truck, and the trucks you're driving doesn't have that, but send me a, a text message with what trucks you drive and i have other ways to look up events and stuff like that so he just wants to be better said i've been driving for a long time but i think there's always room to improve so thank you tracy yeah there's a great attitude Mm, right absolutely and i think people forget that 
when they've been doing anything for a long time, but you know, there's always room for improvement in everything you do. Absolutely. Yeah. JR wanted to give a shout out to Don Keller for being thorough with the trainee yesterday. Uh, he happened to be at the plant they were working out of and they were uh, dropping, hooking a trailer and chaining up. So good job, Don, making sure these guys know how to do that stuff. Yeah, especially this time of year, right? Yep. Nice. And then uh, big shout out to Kathy Smith in Forest Hill, Louisiana for giving birth to Uncle Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I wondered where that was going. Right? <laughs> yeah, she's been, she's been listening to the podcast and, uh, you know, I thought we'd give her a shout out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Freddie, we, we all love Freddie. Yeah. So good good job, Kathy. <laughs> I'm not keeping track. I'm sure somebody is, but I think Freddie gets more shout outs on the podcast than anybody else. Not necessarily for anything important, but we just give him shout outs. Right? Nice. Right? Hey, and my last one, you guys, it's not, It's I guess it is a shout out and we should do it. And I don't know if anybody else had it in their notes, but... Uh, Rich in the Wash Bay, been trying to keep everybody apprised of his situation. Um, he's still in the hospital, you guys. And, uh, you know, we've asked through Bamboo to have some prayers and, you know, good thoughts for him. Uh, I just want to kind of update everybody. He took a turn for the worst yesterday, um, was having some heart issues, uh, went into AFib and they had to shock his heart. Um, he's still fighting the pneumonia part and uh, water on the lungs. And then I think he's got... Uh, what a possible infection, Dave, too. Um, from His son, Josh, said he's got sepsis. So. Sepsis, oh. yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't want to bring everybody down and everybody because Rich is a fighter. I think you said it yesterday, Dave, or somebody did, that he's a, he's a fighter and he'll get through this. But just to keep everybody, you know, up to date and, and keep him in your thoughts, you guys, he's, he's struggling right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue to pray for Rich. That, that's bad news, but like Brother Dave says, we got to be, be positive, and Rich is a fighter, and we'll just keep praying and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. D- definitely a family member. Keep him in your thoughts. Brother Dave, you want to talk about the Fiorian friends, the total donation, what we raised, and all that happy stuff? I do. I want to reach out and thank everyone that donated. You guys, as a team, uh, gathered up $2,060. And uh, thank you for that. I mean, it doesn't matter what you donated. If it was a dollar, ten dollars, fifty, a hundred, you know, I even saw one donation come in for two hundred fifty bucks. Thank you for that. That was that was amazing. You guys all gave from the bottoms of your hearts, and we're we're very appreciative for that. So, like I said, we raised uh, two thousand. You guys raised two thousand sixty dollars. JFW said that they would match that. So, uh, what we've done, Jim and I thought that was kind of a weird amount to uh, donate uh, for $4,120. So we just rounded it up and made it an even $5,000. So as a whole, from all of you guys and JFW, we're gonna be donating a total of $5,000 to Fiori and Friends for all the disaster uh, victims of the fire there in Lafayette. So pretty impressive, you guys. It's, you know, kind of, Makes me think and really appreciate where you're at in life when you hear scenarios of what Rich Brown is having to go through and, you know, the people who lost their homes in the wildfire and to realize that everybody that works here cares so much and was able to donate and do what feels like is the right thing. I, I reached out. I happened to be working on some stuff with my insurance agent by pure coincidence. And I said, hey, he's in Brighton. Did you have anyone involved in the fire? He's with American Family Insurance. And he was like, Dave, he said, no, 
directly my branch had no one there, but American Family had over 250 homes that they're having to cover. So that's you know 25% of those thousand homes that American Family insures, and you know hopefully they're going to be able to provide for those families and help them rebuild and go go to the next steps. You know these people are homeless. They're living in hotels or with friends. Their animals are displaced. Their you know I mean their lives are changed forever. It'll take years to get back to where they were. So thank you. Thank each and every one of you for donating. It's much appreciated. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Good job. I'm glad we're still talking about it because, you know, typically there's a tragedy and everyone's on the tragedy. They're all over it. And then, you know, weeks later it's forgotten about. You're like almost moving on to the next thing. So the fact that we're still talking about it and raising money and, and stuff like that is pretty cool. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, and just a little more on that. Dave was talking to somebody and we were – kind of trying to research it jam we understand that some of the people because the insurance companies are so overwhelmed with trying to settle the claims that some of the people living in hotels or with friends and stuff they're still having to make their house payments so it doesn't look like they defaulted wow um, until the insurance companies can get in there and get taken care of and stuff and you know that was I don't know how all that works but there's so many details that you never think of you know along with losing all your things and then you're still possibly paying for a home you don't even have. Yeah. You know, that, and it just, and nothing's good about it. You would think there would be some rational thinker somewhere on that stuff, you know? Right. And yeah. be like, oh, wow, your house burned down. You know what? Don't pay us for a little while. <laughs> right. No, it doesn't just, work that way. Things piss As me far off. as getting reimbursed for your things, too, um, I'm sure nobody has the receipts for everything they've right. bought. Um, so you you really need to keep a good record, a video record. Take nowadays with the cell phones, just take your take your phone and walk around the house and and narrate what you have and when you bought it and what model it is. Yeah, good yeah, good point. That's great. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. And I can't emphasize that enough, Super Dave. You have to do it on your phone because odds are when your house burns down, all your receipts burnt down with them. Boy, your right. camcorder burned down with them. Your videotape burned down with them whatever device you stored it on burnt down with that house so keep yeah. it on your phone put it someplace in the cloud yes. yes save it save it where that fire can't get to it and it is imperative to have that it's it, it is uh, i mean these people i'm hearing horror stories we have a couple families that are on my son's swim team that they were just displaced their houses didn't burn down and they're just dealing with smoke damage and it's a nightmare on its own so yeah it, it it's a mess, and I, I just can't thank everyone enough that donated. So much appreciated. Good job. Hi, right, Joanne. Well, I've asked you to be on the podcast a few times. I got a couple no's, and then uh, I finally got a yes. So thanks for being here. <laughs> thank you. So typically, before we have somebody on a show that we don't normally have, I do a little research. I find out some things about you. We're fortunate to have Amanda working here, so it was really easy for me to get some information on Joanne. Oh, great. <laughs> got, the, got, the, got the dirt, just huh, Jim? Yeah, so I just asked her a couple questions, and I was like, you know, can you just shoot me an email with all the answers? So I'm going to just read this to you. I don't know. <laughs> do, you feel, do you feel like crying today? No. <laughs> She's turned red, though, Jim. Oh. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, I hope I get through this okay, because, yeah. Anyway, some things about my mom. She's got three kids, Leland, age 31, Jacob, age 25, and Amanda, age 22. She has three grandkids, Christopher, age 3, Rylan, age 2, and Audrey, age 1. She is, she is an amazing mother, grandmother, and best friend. She absolutely loves jeeping. 
There was one time I went trailing with them, and we were going up a trail made only of rock, and she handled it like a champ. Me, on the other hand, I did not. I was scared shitless. <laughs> My first time crawling, and she chose that trail. Lots of fun, though. She listened to her guide to the T when guiding her through driver's side, passenger side, so she does not mess up her Jeep or potentially flip. A couple accomplishments she's made that amaze me is how hardworking she is and how she can handle anything you throw at her. One thing that sticks out in my mind is when I was a child, she used to do my hair and monster ink pigtails like Sully's horns and tell me affirmations while doing them. She has always been a kind, loving woman who doesn't give up on people no matter what. So, yeah, Ooh, so. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah, good job, Amanda. <laughs> I got to tell you, I took a page out of your book, and I try to speak more affirmations to my daughter now because of that. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome, Joanne. Aww. Yeah. So, clearly, you have a heart. You have a heart for human resources. Mm-hmm. How long have you been in HR, Joanne? Um, roughly 29 years okay. between HR and payroll. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. And where did you come from before this? For this, um, I worked at Denver Housing Authority for about 15 years. Wow. First five years were pretty good. I mean, it was a good group, you know, and I learned a lot and learned their, their techniques and their, how they did things because it is a semi-government operation and then yeah we had some manager changes things got really it's a huge corporation so things kind of got political a little bit yeah it it was um turned into be a toxic place basically yeah and you said they're denver housing authority Mm -hmm. so i mean that's like section 8 housing or what is that it is it's section 8 housing okay Mm -hmm. gotcha so there to do good things for people they do they really do i mean the concept they're awesome i mean there's so much you know homeless people and and underprivileged people we helped you know so many uh kids you know learn how to interview and and you know get jobs and even you know how to plant a garden and stuff like that so it it really what they stand for is amazing just behind the scenes is is toxic okay so what did you notice with our culture when you because we're the total opposite of a big corporation mm-hmm. right i mean it says jfw corporation but clearly family owned and we mm-hmm. still got that vibe what are some things you noticed when you got here compared to where you were at well it's definitely family oriented you know and everybody is is super super nice and they treat everybody equal you're you're equal we're not better than you jim and dave never give that off you know just because they're the owners doesn't mean that they're they're better. Everybody is equal and, and everybody is family. And that, you know, to me is is everything. Because I I believe in, you know, engaging with our our employees mm-hmm. and that's one of my goals <laughs> is to be more engaging to them. You're on a steering committee at JFW as well. So how do you navigate fighting for the employees, but also protecting the house? I guess I just kind of split my person in half, but it's really the same. I mean, as much as I care about the employees and and what they need, I also am the same way with JFW. Yeah, you do a great job at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Jim. Yeah, I've seen. It's kind of like washing your hands. When you're putting your hands together to wash them, they both get clean. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. That's very true. Man, that's <laughs> dad you, wisdom now. Dad, jokes, dad wisdom. Good job, Dave. Uh, I mean, we've seen it. I remember when, when you first got here, Joanne. I mean, you are so for the people. You know, we had to reel you in a little bit. Not that we're not for the people, but, you know, we just can't do everything for everybody all the time and, and stay in business. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I yeah. <laughs> for, for being brand new, Jim, we, right. she, when she just got here, everybody, we were talking about the PTO program last year. Right. And she had some great, or Joanne, you had some great input on the in the PTO program. And it was for both the house, just like you asked, Jim, and, and for... Um, all the employees, all of us. So you know that was a good job, Joanne. I can see how you, how you split yourself and, and try to think of everybody. Yep. You do a great job at yep. that. She definitely had an influence on the PTO program for yeah. sure, yeah. 100%. big time. <laughs> so, is there anything that sticks out in your mind that you're able to do here at JFW that you weren't able to do at the Denver Housing Authority? I came here and working with Anne and Anne um, training me and everything. You know, she showed me basic steps and what you needed to do but she said this is your world so you create it how it's best for you and that that in itself is is amazing yes you you have to learn the steps and and all that but if you can do things your your own way and you have your own ways of doing things you know it, it makes it more efficient and it makes the job more fun and you feel more involved sure you get to do it the way you want yeah nice (laughs) for the most part (laughs) we trust you that's the thing about being on a leadership team here is we trust each member to be the best at their job where Mm -hmm. we don't have to worry about it and Mm -hmm. it just gets done so awesome what do you think the most important thing about your job is that's hard to say because it's both the employees and jfw Mm -hmm. the employees really i mean and that's cool because we're all employees. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Joanne, I know I know you're nervous and stuff, but I mean, when when I think about it and and the people we've had in your position in the past, your your strive to be accurate yes. and mm-hmm. and pay the guys correctly and mm-hmm. how you go through you know what bonus, what safety bonus, what percentage, who's doing this. Uh, me and Dave, you guys get get uh, emails regularly. You know, we got to meet with this person or talk about this wage or talk about, you know, this, this, uh, uh, health anniversary date date or, or health, uh, insurance kind of different stuff. So Joanne, you do, you know, I know I'm I'm praising you, but you're, you're a little nervous and you shouldn't be because you do, you do a great job, you know, coming from what we had with our last HR person to Joanne, it was like, Oh my God. Wow. We got, we got somebody that cares and wants to do their very best every day and there's not an argument and a fight about everything. So it's been a huge relief to, to everybody at JFW. So what does drive you to give your very best every day? I want to make sure that, you know, everybody is paid correctly, like Jim said. That is um, one of the things that I, I strive for. Um, I do think Anne cares about paying people more than you do. Oh, well, you know, it was just an extra thank you. That's all. It's okay. Yeah, an inside story there. Anne filled in for Joanne, what, 
two weeks ago while you were gone? Yes. Joanne, and, yeah. and there's a controversy that some people got paid just a little bit extra. And, and Anne's like, isn't that an, the amount? And Joanne's like, no, I don't think so. So if, if some of you got a little extra, congratulations. <laughs> Joanne, I want to ask you a question because Great. you said uh, you do the best that you can. Mm-hmm. Do you feel your best is good enough? Oh, no. I can always do better. Yeah. That's what makes you better. Right? And I want to do better. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's that's a drive in all of us, and it's an admirable quality that you have. So mm. I thank you for that. Oh, thank you very well, much. Yeah, and to, to joke with you a little bit, I guess, to lighten the mood, you, when you first started Super Dave, and I think, Jam, were you on the, the first interview? or Second interview. Second interview. <laughs> Dave, did you just interview? I guess it was Ann and you. Um, and, the first interview was just Ann and myself right. and Joanne. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. And Super Dave came to us and, oh, we got this rock star. She did so well. And <laughs> she's she's got all this background in HR and payroll. And she used to work for uh, the Denver housing and all this stuff. So, of course, we scheduled a second interview with her, you guys. And that was, what, all 12 of us or stuff or 11 of us at a time. And she walked in the room and seen us all sitting here and, and she kind of froze up you guys. It was, <laughs> it was a terrible interview. <laughs> but the, the thing about it was you, you recognize that you were so nervous, Joanne, mm-hmm. that she cared right off the right, bat right. And, and, and you won us over. So, you yeah. know, you, it's just a pleasure having you here. Thank you. That was intimidating. I mean, yeah. to have all these people here and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what, what was intimidating about it? I'm curious. I just had never been in a group. I'm, I'm not great at public speaking. So to be in a big group like that, it was, you yeah. know, and then, you know, to have the owners because previously in my other jobs, you know, you don't, you, you never did speak with the owners, you know. Um, or the CEO or people like that. And to have you guys here and, and to know that you care enough that, you know, you are part of the, the family. We are family. So for you to be there, you know, it was nice, but it was also like, okay, I'm not used to this. (laughs) So cool. How awesome, you know, you were intimidated by all the people at the table and Mm -hmm. now you sit at that table, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. then you sit on the steering committee and you help make decisions alongside Jim and Dave. Mm -hmm. But I need you to be really honest here with this next question. What is one thing you would like to change about JFW? If you had a magic wand, what would that be? Well, I mean, it's kind of in the works now to be more engaged with the employees. For me, you know, and actually for all of us, you know, I want to be able to to touch one of us, somebody, you know, touch all of our new employees and, and get to know them and get to know, you know, what they need and, and what they want and, and things like that. So awesome. We actually engagement. We actually met with a new driver this morning at 5 a.m. So we did start implementing that, which mm-hmm. is one of the decisions you helped make at the safety, uh, steering committee meeting. Mm-hmm. So we are working on that stuff, Joanne. And I think we have a lot of new exciting things that we're trying to mm-hmm. do. So, yeah. yeah, great point. I'm excited. Sure. Final question for you, Joanne, and then you're off the hook. <laughs> 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 the pressure will be off and you can just jump in as you see fit. But what is the one thing you want all of JFW to know? I just want everybody to know that, you know, together we can overcome anything. I want you guys, the employees, everybody, anybody, um, to know that 
if you need anything, my door's always open or phone, email, anything. I'm, I'm, we're here for you guys. So, and I do get, you know, some calls and I did want to bring this up before, you know, from employees on paydays and Hey, this isn't right. Or, or, you know, investigate different things, you know, maybe it wasn't the correct percentage or something like that, but all of our guys, they're, they're amazing. They're so nice, and I'm not used to that because I, the first time I made a mistake, I think it was with Mr. Jason Gamage, and um, he was so nice, and I was so scared because before, <laughs> if I made a mistake, it was the end of the world, you know. Right. And here, you know, our guys, people are human, you know, and right. they know that, and they're just, they're just awesome employees. So, but I'm here. <laughs> that probably rolls back to you caring. If they thought you didn't care and you made a mistake, I bet mm-hmm. it would be it would go a little bit different way. Like, mm-hmm. wow, she doesn't even care that it's wrong, you know. Yeah, so that's kind of true. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to procedures, I know we had some questions about start times. Jim, why, why do we have start times? Oh man, Jim, that is a <laughs> that's an open book there. Um, I guess I would have to say to help schedule the trucks um, for several reasons. One. You know, what time does the customer open or what time does the loading location open? You know, so we're not stacked up a bunch of people waiting, try to control the time so we don't have a driver that's upset. Um, You know, start times also might have to do with that you've loaded at this certain time. You're going to get to a job at a certain time that they may not be open, different things like that. And then, you know, we have start times like we had some preloads. Let's go with preloads. And... Uh, we have some guys that leave here before their start time and they're sitting outside the gates of the customers. And I know here personally at JFW, you know, we've pulled up in our pickup or one of mine or Dave's pickups or something. And you got a guy walking out to us in the parking lot, um, you know, bugging us about something, which we try to have an open door policy. But, you know, one of those other customers and myself, let me get in the door you know, let me maybe have a cup of coffee. Let me say hello. You know, let me do this kind of stuff before you, you hit us with problems. And sometimes when you're sitting outside a gate and they have to open it, they're, they're not even the, that person or that company or that customer is not in work mode yet. Right. You know, and he's like, oh, I got to, you know, they might, he or she might be getting, oh, here's a truck waiting on me. I got to get going. I got to get the loader fired up. I got to get the gate open. I got to get right. the shed open. And it's a panic mode. So we, we try to control that, you guys. And then, you know, we, we still have a stigma also about big trucks. You know, you might be sitting outside. We deliver a lot of golf courses. You know, you might be sitting outside a golf course in a neighborhood. Right. And, you know, our trucks are really quiet now. You know, they don't, they don't smell. They don't smoke, stuff like that. But, you know, we don't have a good perception in a lot of richy neighborhoods or even anybody with just a, a single home and the truck sitting out there running. So... Yeah, a lot of a lot of different things to consider. We're not trying to just be mean and go, "Hey, don't start," you know, now or you know, it's a whim of dispatch. There's there's so many reasons that I, you know, and 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 a big one here at the end is hours of service, which I think we're all going to talk about. Yeah. You know, we had we had some circumstances this summer, and you know, we met with a couple gentlemen that were leaving really early, and and getting up to the plant just to. You know, be on time, be there, be ready to go and stuff like that. But that all adds to their driving time and their and their start time. Right. And it's not necessary. And here we're we're yelling at somebody, I guess, or or 
correcting their actions when they're excited to go do their job. They're doing a good job at it. And we got guys we can't get here on time. So, you know, you get guys jump in there, you know, if you if you have something else to add to that. I, I just have to jump in there. I mean, <clears throat> this is kind of a side note, but directly uh, imperative to it. Uh, in April, in a little over 45 days, I'll be married 27 years. And when my wife and I are discussing something, she always uses the words, there's a reason for that. When we're discussing if someone did something, there's a reason for that. If something happened, there's a reason for that, right? If someone, I, I don't know the analogies in it, and she's, she's taught me she's pretty well spot on that there's a reason for that. Well, there's a reason for those start times, right? Just like you're saying, Jim, we didn't make it up. We had to make an informed decision and inform our people, this is what time you need to be there. They don't open until 7. You can't be there at 6. They don't open until 7 right? Don't go let the truck idle for an extra hour, burning an hour's worth of fuel, right? That's an extra hour on the clock that you don't need to be on the clock. And, you know, all the things you said, Jim, as well, but there's a reason for everything. <laughs> there's a purpose behind it, mm -hmm. not just a made up whim. Dispatch just didn't whip it out of thin air last night and go, oh, I'm going to mess with <laughs> that person, that person, and that person. Right. There's a reason for it. So yeah. think of that, everybody. And a small bit of information, Dave just keyed on it because when we talk like this in an open forum, so when you sell a truck or we sell a truck and we also look at it also, so you're looking there that the truck's just sitting there idling and, you know, it's still costing money because you're, you're burning fuel. But when we look at a truck, it might have, you know, 500,000 miles on it or 250,000 miles on it. And you're thinking, oh, that's a low mileage truck. You know, let's say me and Dave's found a, a truck with 100,000 miles on it and we, and we want to buy it. But then you look up, you can also pull out of the computer, it's idle time, which is actually usually harder on an engine than running it or driving it. And it might have, uh, making this up, like 20,000 hours of idle time on it. And you're like, that truck or that engine is actually shot. Mm -hmm. That truck is is junk it's idled so much so it helps us out when we go to sell a truck that our trucks don't have a bunch of idle time on it also it's everything like dave said has a reason right absolutely <laughs> i mean it, i mean here we are in the open forum just going on and on and on and like beating a dead dog but yeah i mean idle time is the worst single thing you can do on a diesel engine they were not designed to idle they were not designed to sit at idle or to be idled for a prolonged time. You know, back in the day, I'm talking back in the 70s, we were taught, oh, you know, when you get off the highway, you have to pull over and let the truck cool off before you shut it off. And we would have guys pull in the yard and let the trucks idle for 20 minutes and whatnot. Nowadays, that's the worst thing you can do. It is absolutely the worst thing on that. If that engine's not running, shut it off. I mean, everybody knows we have five minute timers on these trucks. That's not just to save us money, that's to protect that engine. You know, the idle time is the worst thing on it. Also, we look, when we go through our fuel mileage as a fleet, idle time is the single most killer for miles per gallon. If we have a driver that's getting seven miles per gallon and you look at his idle time, it's usually below 20%. If you have a driver that's getting five miles to the gallon, one of two things, that driver's a hammer jockey when he leaves the lights and every time the light turns green, he just pastes the throttle to the floor, burns the tires and fuels off the truck, or has incredibly high idle time. So those two things affect your, your miles per gallon and a lot.
it's an extreme variance in in what your MPG is. It, it's funny, Dave, when you talk about that too. It was could have been one of my words last week because slobbering. Yeah, slobbering. Slobber. Haven't heard that in a long time. Right. So the old cats when you'd sit and idle, um, it was called slobbering, and it was really really bad on them, just like Dave said. But the the fuel and oil would make it past the rings because they weren't on, under on a load or running hard. They never got hot and expanded. Yeah, exactly. So all of that would get on top of the pistons. And then like when you went to leave and you, you idled it up or you left and tried to grab a gear, it would literally slobber uh-huh. out the stacks or miss. It would gray and white smoke coming out the exhaust yeah. stacks from uh-huh. idling so long. And that was all unburnt fuel and oils. So 15 years ago, you'd... You'd leave the truck stop on a morning like a couple days ago last week when it was 10 degrees and those diesel engines sitting idled for 10 hours while the driver was asleep because that was before APUs and idle units and warm items for the cab and whatnot so the engine didn't have to run. And that truck would just fill the intersection with smoke as it was warming up and going to get on the highway. Then once he got up on the highway, it would clear out. But that's all the technology we have available now that things don't do that. And you talk about idle time. In our industry, we shouldn't really have a lot of idle time. So if you're getting five miles a gallon, it's not from idling at JFW. It's from not Cadillacing. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, light turns green, hammer down. And you hammer down until you get to the red light. Then you slam on the brakes and you burn your brakes up. And, yeah, I don't see our guys idling a lot in this industry. So I know we're talking about the positive things about new technology and idling. But boy, when we'd all get here in the morning and we'd start our trucks up and they were all the mechanical <laughs> cat engines, I used to love that smell and that sound. <laughs> that, was the, that was the smell of cold diesel in the morning. Yes, sir. <laughs> what about hours of service, Jim? I know you wanted to talk about that. Are, are you more wanting to talk about the local hours of service or did you want to get into what's going on with the LDs or... Um, yeah, Jim, you could probably help out a little more on the ELDs, you know, than, than what I can. But that, that hours of service, that's that first start time. Uh, Dave was mentioning, you know, this week that it would be nice if we could make it as simple as, you know, the minute you turned on the key, that was the start time. The minute you pulled in the yard, you turned the key off, that was your stop time. But, you know, when you leave two hours early to be somebody, some, somebody, some place, um, that is your start time, right, Jam? That's right. how that. That's what that counts. And then, and then you went to driving, right? Um, so, and you're only allowed so much driving time and so much time in that truck. Yeah. And I know the ELDs, the guys that are doing that and working with you, Jam. You know, the the phone or the the electric ELD is counting all that. They account for that. Yeah. When we're doing the local stuff, it's up to us right. to to count for that. The driver or dispatch or or one of us. So, yeah, add something to that, Jam, if I, I missed yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, j- just to go over the, the short haul exception, right? And we've talked about it on the podcast before, but we could talk about it over and over again because people need to know. Um, it's a 14-hour day from start to finish. You have to start and stop in the same place. You can't run over 150 air miles, and you have to have a 10-hour rest in between shifts. That's when you're in the local exception. You know, if you run outside of that, you got to run some kind of graph grid, whether it be a paper logbook or an ELD. Uh, you know, the ELD rule is if you need to run a if you need to run a graph grid more than eight times in the last thirty days, you need to be on the ELD. Otherwise, you can use a paper log. But 
pretty much anybody that's going out of town for JFW, we're putting them on the ELDs. Uh, the one thing that we did have happen, what was it, two podcasts ago or last week, is we had a guy get pulled over and there was questions about truck movement when he was on a local exception. We've talked to the FMCSA. Did I say that right? Yeah, FMCSA. Yeah, we talked to the FMCSA, and we got the rule that we don't have to show those those unverified miles, uh, but we have to be able to explain to the DOT officer that we're on a short haul exception. So we actually have a letter put together and uh, email from the FMCSA to keeping those trucks to, to explain that to the state troopers or whoever it is so the drivers don't have a hard time with it. Yeah, spot on, Jim, and it makes me think of the, uh, when you're doing that, you know, we can write it down as a company, or you can, and, and the short haul exemption allows you not to write down every stop. They, the government or the FMCSA was actually thinking of us and going, okay, you drove 30 minutes, you were there, unloaded 10, you drove 30 minutes, you got loaded. They don't want to see all that, so they created this exemption. But Jam mentioned an important part. You know, the letter that, that we're giving out and, and the conversation the driver had with the trooper is they want you to know your job or be able to explain it. And some of the stuff we had in the audit we recently had is we weren't ever over hours, but we showed, for example, the driver just wrote down he started at 7 o'clock because it, it, he gets paid by percentage, right? It, it doesn't matter. But he wrote down 7 o'clock, but all his load times were at 6 on the tickets so it looks like you're lying like you you can't do your job so that's what we're after you guys is everything to match we've been doing it correctly we just do a sloppy job of the paperwork yep yep and you want to perfect your craft ask questions pull up youtube what did scooby call it earlier uh brother dave (laughs) youtube university yeah check out youtube university right anything you want to know is on youtube you know verify that information make sure it's correct but there's no reason you should just go out of town blindly or even not know the rules in town. Yeah. You're relying on us to give you information that you need to know as a professional truck driver. I mean, there's no excuses. A state trooper isn't going to care about, you know, oh, I didn't know. Well, you're supposed to, you know, so. Yeah, that electrician with that wire, he knows that wire's hot. And just because it'll kill him doesn't mean he doesn't care about it. It's the same thing for a truck driver. Just because it's right. not going to kill you doesn't mean it's it's not important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, moving on to the safety topic of the week. We do need to address speeding again. I mean, that keeps coming up. I think it's just going to keep coming up, but I'd like to see it go away. So anybody want to talk about what's been going on with the speed speeding? <laughs> Super Dave? <laughs> yeah, the, the drivers, well, okay, first of all, our trucks are governed at 71 or 72 miles an hour. Just kind of depends on which truck you're driving. But unfortunately, our drivers are taking advantage of our natural geography here in Colorado, and that is our mountains. And so when they are going down a hill, they're letting it run. And they're, they're uh, using gravity and, and essentially overriding the governor's setting on the truck to go 80 miles an hour or 85 miles an hour and that's defeating the purpose um it's dangerous it's unsafe it's um not getting you to your destination really any faster um 
it's just a, a negative result all the way around. Yeah, you're right, Dave. I try not to get so passionate and wound up about it, but it just, you know, 80 miles an hour in a big truck. You know, here in Colorado, you're not, you're not out east, you know, on I-70 or something or I-80 or something in a flat spot just going on a straight, boring road, which is still 80 miles an hour is, is fast in a big truck. But you're here in our local traffic, right. our local traffic. And, and that just blows me away. And, you know, we have, we just, we don't try to start picking on things. We don't try to look for things that we're doing. But we have all this technology, you guys, at our fingertips. The cameras, the GPS, the computers in the truck, the public that calls in on you, that's got their eyes on us. And, you know, when we run across something and, and we look up, you know, hey, let's see the top speed of the fleet. You know, we're all just joking around. Let's let's just look at that. And we find that it's like 85 miles an hour or 84.7 or whatever it was, right, Super Dave or, mm -hmm. or Jam? Yep. You know, and then you look at, we've got an average of 80 miles an hour. And you're like, oh, that GPS is, it's bullshit. It's, that's, <laughs> that can't be right. That's, that's not correct. How are they doing that? Our trucks are governed at, you know, 72 miles an hour. And then, of course, because we have that information in our GPS, we geotab them and see where they're doing it. And it's on a hill, in traffic, on a highway local. What the hell are you guys thinking? What, what are you doing? And it, and it, you know, it, it fires me up, you guys. What the hell? And we preach and we preach and we preach. And you go out and run 80 miles an hour in town, downhill, past all the things we have set in the truck for safety. All the things we have set. Yeah. Is, that a, is that a representation of JFW? And I'm talking the JFW family because you're a brotherhood. And what you singly do reflects on every one of your brothers. So you didn't affect me and Dave, Jam, Scooby, you know, Joanne sitting here with us. You affected your brothers because you look like an ass in that truck. And sisters. And yeah. sisters. So, yeah. sorry. Fires me up, man. It's just it. killing somebody. Yep. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. And just to be clear, we actually let a driver go yesterday for doing 85 miles an hour in a 65 down the hill. You know, the driver was loaded coming out of Fry let the truck go was tailgating got a call in and it hurt you know we've unfortunately i've been involved in letting a few people go and i didn't enjoy this one but to just see that you know and see how close the traffic was and just know that you're not going to be able to stop that truck if something happens i'm sorry like you cannot do that it won't be tolerated and i'm just telling you right now if somebody's somebody's behind my family in the car doing that i'm fighting I'm fighting. If I know who you are, we're going to fight. I mean, that's it. Yeah, that driver yeah. we had, they were on probation as it was. They were a new driver, worked here 90 days, right, Jam? Less, 60. Just, yeah, 60 yeah. days. We had brought that person in, had a conversation with him, showed him video, tried to coach him up, you know, tried to pull him over to our culture, the whole nine yards, and to no avail. <clears throat> and yesterday when we found out that they were going 85 miles an hour when, when I wasn't there for the, for the letting go of this person. But the comment was they had no idea they were going that fast. I think to Jim's point, when you drive 100,000 miles a year, how do you not know you're going 85 miles an hour? 
The speedometer's truck, the speedometers in the truck stop at 80. <laughs> right? You have to know how fast you're going because your speedometer's pegged out. Right. I mean, it, it just, those aren't excuses. I, I mean, I'm 52 years old. It doesn't matter what vehicle I'm in, a big truck, a car, or my wife's car, or my pickup. I pretty well know how fast I'm going. If I'm going 20, I pretty well know I'm going 20. If I'm going 50, no, I'm going 50. If I'm running 85 miles an hour in a big truck, I'm in holy shit mode. Right. Like, oh my God, I'm going 85 miles an hour. This can't happen. Yeah, I know how fast I'm not going, and that's 85 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I mean, it has so much to you guys going slow and steady. You know, I, I mean, I can even in, involve Joanne in our conversation here. As much as you enjoy jeeping, Joanne, what is the one key thing when you're going up a trail and you're, and you're fighting rocks and you're trying to, you know, listen to your, your person that's guiding you, right? Mm-hmm. Low and slow. Yep. Low and slow because it gets you up the mountain. You don't mm-hmm. have to go fast, you know, except I got a T Stingray. I've seen him go fast, but that's when he's having <laughs> a little bit of fun. But anyway, uh, you know, just to, just to break the... the tension? Tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About that speeding. It, it's yeah. just... It creates tension, and yeah. honestly, this situation brought enough light to the situation that ah, we're, we're going to wind up putting up another geofence basically from where it stops currently at the runaway truck ramps eastbound on I-70. We're going to have to run it all the way down to, I don't know, Kipling, Kipling. or Wadsworth. Yeah. yeah. And we had, we, we just looked, we had, I think, six trucks yesterday alone go 80 miles an hour through that corridor. 80 miles an hour, the speed limit's 65. If you get stopped by a state patrolman going 80 miles an hour on I-70, wow, wow. I don't know what that's gonna cost, but it is gonna be 10 times more any amount you're trying to make by going 80 miles an hour. I mean, it is just, it is ridiculous to go 80 miles an hour. I'm 100% positive it'll be a reckless driving ticket and might result in the loss of your CDL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. on top of loss of your bonus. So, I mean, <laughs> loss of bonus right there is between three and 500 bucks. The ticket, I guarantee you, will be over $300, probably pushing that $500 mark, right? So now we're, now we're approaching $1,000 yeah. just in the ticket and the loss of bonus. Throw 80, throw 80 grand on top of that when you lose your job. Absolutely. Think about what you're doing. I mean, this is as serious as a DUI. We can't insure that. Our insurance company will not insure the ticket Dave just mentioned. They won't. Non-defendable. Yep. yep. Non, non-defendable. Hey, and also the six guys we kind of looked through that group, right? Those are all brand new guys, right? They, they barely started working for us. They don't know the rules, right? I, I wish that was true. Wah, wah, wah. You're always surprised to see the names. Right. It almost hurts. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Good you point, know, Jim. It hurts. Yeah, they're you, part of the family. You know, we trust them, and then you see that, and it's just like, wow, we don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah. There, there's something else I shared earlier about the. There's always a reason for that. My wife also taught me that there's no reason for that. Right, right? Janet's smart. There is no <laughs> yes. reason for going 80 miles an hour down I-70. No. I mean, through that corridor. No. I mean, we, how many times on this podcast have we talked about the poor guy that killed? How many people did he kill there at I seventy in Denver West? Four people killed, four. but like killed twenty nine injured. Or right. Like I mean, that. the highway was closed for days just to repair the asphalt from all the burnage and the explosion and everything. 
and we're just, I mean, I have it for a fact, a veteran driver here was going 80 miles an hour yesterday under the Mills Mall exit at I-70, eastbound. 80 miles an hour. That's 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. And we didn't just have one driver doing it. So wake up, everyone. This isn't an option. That is not cool on your stool. That is not cadillac That is OMG stuff. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm at a loss for words. I don't even know what to say about it. And, and, and let's talk about the safety bonus on that. You know, they didn't earn that. And, and we're going to, I'm going to use the words, we're going to take that safety bonus from them because they didn't earn it. But the thing is, is you don't even care. We put the, we put the safety bonus in place because you don't care enough about our family's lives, your lives, the way you do your job. We had to try to hit you in the pocketbook, hoping that money was the almighty thing to get you to slow down. And that doesn't even slow you down. So you don't give a shit about safety. You don't give a shit about how you look to other drivers and you don't give a shit about your money. So basically, you don't give a shit. That's not the person we want here at JFW, if I can be that bold. Sure not a good family member. Yeah. I said it earlier, if it wouldn't affect our CSA score, I wouldn't feel bad if those guys got pulled over. You know? Oh, man, if JFW wasn't involved in that jam, I would be calling the state patrol every day. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, go sit right here, wait for this truck number, and I guarantee you this guy's going to come by at that speed. <laughs> Here's, it's, his, here's it's, his name and driver's license number right? so you can start the yeah. paperwork early. Yeah, yeah. You can just go kill the rest of your day because what you're going to make on this ticket, you don't even need to work the rest of the day for the for the state patrolman. And the driver that, that we let go that was doing 85, that driver got nowhere. I mean, the driver was going so fast, it created a call-in because of following too close as well. So you went so fast, you couldn't go any further because there's other vehicles in your way. Yeah. And you're yeah. just in that left lane pushing like... I'm going. Move out of my way. But I didn't know how fast I was going. That's the situational awareness, right, yeah. Jam? We talk yeah. about that all the time. Know how far away you are from a vehicle in front of me. Yeah. Have an out. Uh, you know, why do you even need to be in the fast lane or the left lane? You know, there's, you're not going to get any more loads a day. It's no. just not going to happen. Well, you're not going to get any loads today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially between... When you get stopped for going 80 miles an hour, you have the cost of the ticket, you have the loss of your safety bonus, you're going to lose an hour because the state patrolman's going to have you tied up there for at least an hour because if you're, yeah, I'll say the word dumb or ignorant because you are if you're going 80 miles an hour through that corridor, you're going to lose so much money it's ridiculous. There is no way you can compensate to make up for the funds you just cost yourself. And you're spot on, Jam. It, that was an $80,000 ticket because our insurance company can't insure that. You're not insurable anymore. You may as well go go to work for Bob's Trucking that's going to pay you under the table and no benefits. You're probably not going to have a brand new truck or anything like that. Probably won't get any of that free money in the 401k. <laughs> free money. Oh, speaking of free money, I've had three or four people come to me this nice. week and sign up that's for awesome. free nice. money. Win-win. Joanne, just because you are new to the trucking industry, like mm-hmm. what is what is your take on these big trucks going so fast? Like, is that scary to you? Yeah, I just, I don't understand. Uh-huh. I, I don't. I mean, I'm a grandma driver in my Jeep. But to be <laughs> in a vehicle that big with that much power, it just blows my mind that they 
that they go that fast. I mean, why? Why, why are you doing that? Um, you know, we're here to do a job. You know, you're not going to get anywhere faster by going faster. You know, do what you're supposed to do. If, uh, if you witnessed a JFW truck doing 80 miles an hour oh. behind, like, Amanda and the other kids, what, oh, yeah. what'd you do? Oh, I would definitely call in. Yeah. Well, I'd probably roll down my window and, you know, <laughs> do some <laughs> not nice language. And, yeah, I would call in. Yeah. Yeah. Call the cops, too. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. It's so dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys want to touch on that anymore? Or we <laughs> <laughs> Super do, do, we, do we need hey, to, Jim? We, we do it week seem, after week. Seems like I tell you, you know, you, you got emotional, Jim, and, and I haven't voiced it on the mic here, but I'm emotional about it because it's, it's not what we want to be. It's not what we are. It's, it's contrary to doing things the way that we're taught and the way we should, um, then that's all, you know, fine and dandy. But the kicker is, is you could kill somebody. Right. And right. how'd you like to live with that? Right. Mm-hmm. It, it gets you in your, the pit of your stomach, Dave. And, yeah. and just like you're saying, the more I sit here, I don't want to like hog the mic here, but it's against our creed. It's against what you told them when you hired them. It's against our safety. It's against all our podcasts. It's against, you know, it's so many th- against the law. Yes. Does that count for anything anymore? So what's the reason? I don't know. I don't I, know. So we've you, asked that for years. There, there has to be a reason. What's the reason? Are you, do you think you have to go that fast to, to make money? Do I don't know. You, Didn't we just give them a 3% raise to help with any kind of thoughts on that? Well, I thought so. Don't they have a safety bonus for not going fast? Maybe it's enjoyable. I don't know. Like, is there some kind of yeah. big truck rush or... You know, to be an ass, Jim, you, you, you'd enjoy killing somebody. No, 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 no. Right? If you're going in, <laughs> right. right? That's what it just... But, yeah, but that's I, what they're not thinking of. He's asking why. Right. I'm just saying, like, well, you know, does it feel good to be on somebody's bumper doing 80 miles an hour? I don't know. You know, I heard somebody say the other day, people lose their minds when they get into cars. They lose their minds, road rage, you know, mm-hmm. just you do things in your vehicle that you don't do when you're not in your vehicle. You know, it's just people lose their minds when they get behind a wheel. You know, nobody wins in a road rage incident. Nobody's going to win when you get called in on for following too close. And certainly nobody's winning if you kill somebody. Everybody loses in that yeah. case. Yeah. I thought that's the reason we were the professionals. Right. You know, everyone... Truck drivers have this this connotation, right? Everybody's like, oh, you know, you hear truck driver, and some people are embarrassed to say that as a profession. We've tried to uphold that. We've tried to build what a profession it is. It's not a profession when you drive like that. It's not a profession when you tailgate. It's not a profession when you do any of that. If you had a doctor that was doing surgery on you and he just went as fast as he could and made a mistake, right? Yeah. Would you want that? Would he be in business anymore? No. I mean, he'd screw up on a couple of patients. Pretty soon, he's out of a job because no one. He would. His reputation would precede him, right? And he would be out of business. We're we're the same way. You know, we were talking about the the comments earlier this morning. You know, the military. They're only as fast as their slowest guy. Jam, you said we're only as good as our last load. Well, that we made the comment. All it takes is one person to screw up what people think of us and. Trucking as a whole has a bad reputation. Well, why is that? Well, it sounds like because we have several trucks that are bright, shiny red going over 80 miles an hour down I-70. I-, I-, 
I, I don't know. Idiocracy? I, I'm not sure. Just okay. It just hurts. We should, we should probably move on, right? I, yeah, we have to because, I mean, it just flipping makes me so angry. I just want to yell at people. I mean, if you could take that driver and call him right now, I would be yelling at them. And I know that's the whole wrong approach of who we're trying to be and how we're trying to act. But that is a moment where someone needs to grab you by the collar, pull you up face to face. And actually, when you're yelling, spit is flying from your face to the other person's face. So you have their freaking attention. I mean, it is, ah, it is mind I'm done. And, and, and the thing, Dave, is how many years have we done this and somebody comes up to us and goes, I'm just a truck driver. I'm just a truck driver. And we always fight with them and go, you're not just a truck driver. You have a skill, you have, you have, you deliver goods, you keep, you know, America rolling. It's all those things. It's not an easy job. You have to meet all these criteria. You have to follow the law. You know, these guys speeding and not doing it right. You're just a truck driver. Yeah. The guys that aren't doing it right. They are. They're just a truck driver. The stories go on and on people. Our goal is be better. And together we're better. That's the bottom line. You know, the just truck driver theory, my wife works for the Department of Interior. She's got the lab down there at, at the Federal Center off 6th Avenue in, in Wadsworth. Has, I don't know how many engineers on her teams that she's in charge of. And the bulk of our drivers make more money than the engineers there. You're not just a truck driver. You are a professional truck driver you have a profession i wish that was stated on our driver's licenses i wish it said professional it doesn't say that anymore if i remember right it used to you used to have a class a professional license or limousine license or whatever it's just class a cdl now yeah they they took the profession right off the card it should be a badge a badge of honor and i'm not i'm not trying to joke out of a movie or something but that that license should be a badge of honor right we don't look at it that way. Not a license out of a box of Cracker Jacks? Yeah. Okay. Joanne, are we, are well, we done welcome to the Channel 23 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do I bring this out in here? Yeah, have you noticed up. speed touches a nerve yes. with us? Yes. Right? Well, it's dangerous. I get it. Speed kills, mm-hmm. right? It does. I, I don't know how much clearer it needs to be. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Uh, and moving on. Questions <laughs> from the audience. We actually have a question from uh, Troy Holmes. Troy wants to know why don't we do chip repairs versus replacing windshields? Why don't we just take the 10 minutes or whatever it takes to fill a chip before we got to buy a whole windshield, which are, you know, on a national back order because of the resin problems and the whole nine yards. Wouldn't it be easier to just fix a chip? Troy, that is a great question. I can't lie to you. I don't think I have a great answer. I think it's something we need to dive into. I know I can say in the years past, we generally didn't have the manpower on nights to get them repaired. I know with the new one-piece windshields in the barrier cabs that, I don't want to throw a number at it, but the majority of the times when we get a chip during the day, that chip just instantly cracks throughout the day. I mean, even if you get it at 3 o'clock, it's generally cracked by the time it comes into the yard. But it's definitely something I'm going to commit to look into. I mean, just seeing it on the list here, I've kind of dove into a few things because I do believe now we have the manpower to to fix some of those chips ourselves. So great question. It's going to make us think, and, and maybe we can come up with something and start fixing and saving some of those windshields because the windshields 
Those one-piece windshields are an incredible cost to JFW. When we switched to those in the new cabs a couple years ago, Jim and I didn't do our due diligence and realize how much those windshields cost. The old school cabs that have the two-piece windshields, we can buy a case of 10 windshields for $40 a windshield. So we can actually buy a left and a right windshield for 80 bucks and our shop can rope them in ourselves. So 100, 120 bucks is all we have wrapped up in that windshield. No downtime, our shop does it ourselves. These one-piece windshields, we're having to have a company come in. They're over $500 a piece. We have to have them install them. The truck's down. It has, you know, luckily we're able to do it every Saturday, but we are literally making truck payments in windshield repair. So great question, Troy. I, it, you know, this is something that could save us a ton of money. I'm going to dive into it and get with Mike in the shop and see if we can be better. That's something that, that you've brought to the table to challenge us and I'm appreciative for it. So let us go to work on it and thank you for that. I'm just looking up on my phone like windshield chip repair class and you could actually get a certificate for like a hundred bucks or something like that. <laughs> ah, per- certified, <laughs> huh, Jam? Yeah, right. so I, ju- I just looked at the beginning of the podcast when I was reading through this, Jam, and uh, I found a, a windshield repair company that has thousands of uh, branches throughout the nation and they've actually become so good at it they sell a kit they provide you every tool you need in it the toolbox the supplies and they say there's enough supplies in there to do 300 windshields oh wow so i'm i'm gonna dive into it and see see what it takes you know cool. by the way i'm just waiting for the winter to be over i, I could use a new windshield <laughs> on the jeep <laughs> right right jam i i gotta brag i i I tell people this all the time, and I'm probably going to cry the day it gets broken, but my pickup is a 2012, so it's it's officially, well, it's over 10 years old now because I got it in 2011, and I'm pushing 150,000 miles on it, and I have the original windshield. Wow. Wow, you definitely should have said that. Jim makes fun of me because it's got some pits in it, but there are no cracks, there are no dingers, there are no anything, so I'm, wow. I'm pretty proud of that fact that wow. I don't tailgate, I, I don't follow... People with crap falling out of the back. If I do, instead of forcing myself to have to pass them, I'll slow down. Because <laughs> right. you know that's an option too. Right. Did you know we have two pedals in every vehicle we own? Mm-hmm. There's an accelerator to pass somebody and there's a brake to slow down and just drop way back. What's that other brake for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, so sure. anyway. We, that's, we that, should that, go who broke my last windshield though. <laughs> oh, old brother Dave, we got out on the highway and... <laughs> I was not close at all. I was way back, and I seen this big rock come out of the tire on his truck, and boom, right in the middle of my windshield. I'm like, man, out of anybody to break my windshield. Some brotherly so, love. Brotherly love, man. Yeah. He got even with me. <laughs> Soup, what do you got for us today? Hit us with the high road hauler. High road hauling. High road hauling. <clears throat> it's always best to stay on the high road, right? <clears throat> Did we do that earlier, Dave? Man, we were we were low road trucking because <laughs> yeah. it was a super highway. As bring, bring Dave us, said there was a reason for that, right? You know, bring bring <laughs> us back up, Dave, for I sure. Love it when things come full circle. That's awesome. <laughs> well, the, we're going to shift gears here. Um, most people don't need too much convincing that a happy relationship is the key to a successful life. After all, when Harvard researchers followed 268 men. For more than 70 years, the study's founding director summed it up, finding a single sentence was the reason for um, these happy relationships. Happiness is love. If you feel the need for a hard-nosed business case for working on your relationships, it exists. 
Studies show that warm, loving relationships improve your physical health, positively influence job satisfaction and income. Good friends are the best stress buster available. According to science, and as any professional can tell you, relationships make the business world go around, which means keeping your relationships strong is as important as it can sometimes be tricky. But as a fascinating article recently reminded me, as complicated as relationships are, people keep going strong, or excuse me, keeping them going strong often boils down to remembering a single ratio. The magic ratio for happy relationships is five to one. The piece comes from a newsletter, The Profile, and was written by a newlywed, Paulina Marinova, just seven days married, Marinova asked the profile readers for their best marriage tips. Excellent advice poured in. And uh, if you're looking to tune up your partnership, the whole long article is worth a read. But in the middle of it comes this one essential but dead simple tip. Make sure your relationship follows the five to one ratio. This tip isn't some random ratio dreamed up by some self-proclaimed love expert on the internet. It's actually backed by decades of research by perhaps the most respected expert in the field of marital, marital stability, John Gottman. You may have heard of his famous ability to predict which couples would divorce with 90% accuracy. That's pretty accurate. Wow. How he and his collaborators did this boiled down to looking at whether a pair followed the five to one ratio, as the uh, Gottman Institute website explains. The difference between happy and unhappy couples is the balance between positive and negative interactions during conflict. There's a specific ratio that makes that love last. The five to one means that for every negative interaction during a conflict, a stable and happy marriage has five or more positive interactions. These interactions need not be anything big or dramatic. A simple eye roll or a raised voice counts as a negative interaction. A quick joke to diffuse tension, a squeeze of partner's hand, or listening closely when your partner vents about his or her day all constitute a positive interaction. The important thing is, isn't the scale of the gesture, sorry florists, um, it's their relative frequency. A real thing for business relationships too. Uh, divorce lawyers agree that an everyday effort to monitor positive interactions compared with negative ones helps keep your romantic life from going off the rails. So it's important to note that a, while a five to one ratio is invented for couples, it's a pretty handy standard to keep in mind for all your relationships. Friendships are more nourishing when both parties make sure that small kindness heavily outweighs slights and missed connections. And employees will almost certainly perform better for a boss who offers five warm and helpful interactions for every one gruff reply or impatient dismissal. Humans are complicated and the details of maintaining healthy, positive relationships, as we all know, can get tricky. But all relationships are off to a great start if you begin by setting the five to one ratio as a baseline of how you interact with each other. And uh, the quote for this week, and I bet you everybody's heard this one, I liked it a lot. A successful marriage requires falling in love many times, always with the same person by Mignon McLaughlin. And uh, I just had my 35th wedding anniversary and I think I've fallen in love with my wife Woo! many times. That's awesome. awesome, Dave. I was, I was, while you were reading that, Dave, I was thinking, so 
did we have five positive things in here and then our one <laughs> negative was the the speeding thing did we did we do that did we get that done on this on this podcast <laughs> i think so i still have some final thoughts on that <laughs> why don't you kick them off brother dave yeah, I mean, we, we always try and end the show with final thoughts, and Jim's really good about making notes, and I always kind of wing it with a lot that we discussed about. And The one thing we discussed here is what we've discussed many times and just is a reoccurring theme in our industry, speed. I have written here in great big letters, slow the F down. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know how much more passionate to be about it. I don't know how much kinder to ask. I don't know any other way to approach it but it affects us incredibly. The mistakes that are made caused by speed, and it doesn't have to be 85 mile an hour speed. It can be five mile an hour speed in the yard. It can be 10 mile an hour speed when you pull out of your parking spot because you've left the automatic in third gear and you're giving it throttle when you're pulling out of the spot. That's too fast, put it in manual. It can be when you load. Put the truck in manual and use first gear. Don't leave it defaulted in third. I mean, speed can be used in any situation and. We can always do things slower, safer, and better. We're not after the faster. We're not NASCAR. We're not, you know, the speed-related test. We're not speed typing. We're not speed racing. We're, we're being a professional. So please adhere to those professions. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, I have some final thoughts, Dave, and you, you just keyed on something, so correct me because I'm not a big NASCAR fan. But even in NASCAR, haven't they controlled their speed for safety? Didn't they put like <laughs> yeah. plates on the carburetors and they've put wings when they flip up and all that other stuff. So even racing, and this isn't my final thought, they control your speed to make it safe. Absolutely. I mean, it just, yeah, just again blows me away. So final thoughts. Um, last week I gave you guys all a list of words that we've used through the years and stuff. I had uh, three people contact me and let me know the answers. Two of them got it exactly right. One of them missed it. But to those three people, thank you guys very much for playing. It was fun to hear from you. And then, uh, like Dave said, and, and Jam puts on here is our final thoughts. So I Googled final thoughts today. And uh, there's a tattoo shop in Casper, Wyoming uh, called Final Thoughts Tattooing. Oh, nice. That popped up. So a little shout out to them because it looks like they do good work if you're interested in going to Casper for a tattoo. And they're listeners, so. Yeah, they, well, hopefully they, they'll become <laughs> that, right? So here's a little shout out. Getting some uh, ink in the wild. Right, right. So uh, how I wanted to finish up is we're trying something new, you guys. Um, and uh, we thought we should touch, like Joanne mentioned, having more of a relationship with the uh, you know, the new guys here, the, the older guys, you know, we're missing all the guys at the West Yard. Um, so we, we met with Manuel this morning, and uh, he, seemed, he, he seemed like a, a rock star. He was personable, he was enjoyable to talk to, and uh, had a lot of goals. And, you know, we, we met with him to find out if he was okay, and if there was anything we could do for him. And it made me feel so good when we're talking about speed and, and our culture and stuff like that, that he made me feel better about JFW. It's how it ended up for myself. Um, he talked that he wasn't, he wasn't pressured to get a bunch of loads. He wasn't pressured to haul over weight. Um, his trainer, Dale, did a good job about teaching him to look out the back window. He felt safer because the other truck he drove had a sleeper in you 
Couldn't really tell if the truck was leaning. He talked about being able, we, we asked about money and he thought the wages were good here because he's trying to have a goal of buying a home. And for him to be here and us as, as a family and, and a team to help him make those goals, you know, and that's the reason that speeding is so important because if somebody wrecks and takes all of our dreams away, it, it, it would be crushing because we'd, we'd lose everything over that. So this gentleman here couldn't get his house by, by you speeding and I'm, I'm throwing that in as an example. And uh, uh, he, he, he was just so positive and, and we asked, you know, is there anything to, to make you not work here at JFW? And he, and he was just, he was, he was a blank page. Of like, no, what are you, what are you talking about? You know, that's what I kind of got, right? Yeah. Jam and, and Dave's yeah. Super Dave. And <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, Manuel, uh, you're a new guy. You've been here three weeks, but thanks for this morning because you, you've made me feel good about all of our efforts that we do together. So I just want to yep. throw a thank you out to the new guys. And that's Manuel Castro in 0055. Th so. Thank you, Jam. Yeah. yeah, thank you for the truck number and the last name. <clears throat> so, yeah, guys, so... Thanks, Manuel, and, and those those are my final thoughts there. Awesome. Joanne? Um, I just have a little motivational quote hey. here. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. So, okay. Uh, There's got to be a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is always a reason. Choice is the most powerful tool we have. Everything boils down to choice. We exist in a field of infinite possibilities. Every choice we make shuts an infinite number of doors and opens an infinite number of doors. At any point, we can change the direction of our lives by a simple choice. It is all in our hands, our hearts, and our minds. So, make the choice to come to work and be happy and yeah. be enthusiastic and... Do your pre-checks and your and your post-checks, and of course, I don't know everything, but follow um, our creed and don't speed. Yep. We call, we that call it nice. speed. Thank you. you yes. You're getting the podcast. <laughs> we call it doing your job around. Doing here. your job. Yeah, excellent. Super Dave, do you have yeah, any more? Yeah, hard fun? to follow that. That's some great final thoughts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll just say follow the five to one ratio. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, I wanted to finish up. Uh, I joined a men's group at church. We're reading this book called Becoming a King. And uh, I got called out on something in this book. My wife argues with me about it. She doesn't think I'm this bad. But anyway, it says, notice how often, even if we are physically present with the people and things we attest to care about most, we find ourselves not soulfully present and engaged. Rather than bringing to our families playfulness and affection, we bring fatigue and frustration. Why is it we spend our best energy at work and show, show up at home with mere scraps? So we get busy here, and we put a lot of hours and time into JFW. Don't forget to save some things for your family. You know, And I've been uh, making a conscious effort. You know, When I leave JFW, I decompress by the time I get to the house everything's washed off and then i put my phone away now and spend time with my wife and my daughter and all of our animals <laughs> they all they all need a they all need attention so just make sure you say something for your families that's awesome advice mm -hmm. that yeah. is great yeah. good job jim good job 
All right, that's a wrap, guys. See you next week. Thanks, everybody.